Roadhouse, take three. Help! Somebody! These drunk redneck truckers are trying to have their way with me! Not while my scrotum is pressed up against my stomach in these jeans, they won't. Roadhouse. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Knife Party Podcast, where we leave it all on the cutting room floor. I am, of course, your host, Zach Evergreen, at Zach Evergreen on Instagram and on Twitter. You could find us at KnifePartyPod at Yahoo.com if you want to email me about my toxic masculinity. We're also at podbean.com dot night party pod and finally at the patreon for only one dollar at patreon.com slash knife party pod well i think it's apparent of what we're talking about and we're doing roadhouse now this movie i have to admit i haven't i didn't see this movie till way later in life and when I mean way later in life, I mean, like, I didn't see this till I was in my mid-30s. And allegedly, because I don't remember, I may have been taking some, well, illegal substances with a African-American gentleman that was six foot seven, talking about race relations while this movie was going on. So I don't remember too much about it. And then I later watched it with my wife, and we were stunned, like... Did that actually happen? And now I watched it with a clear head and everything else, and now I realize this movie is fucking ridiculous. But it's very good. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes didn't think so, though, because the critics gave this 39% on the tomato meter, and the audience gave it 66 But the evergreen tomato meter, formerly known as the fried green tomato meter, I'm going to give this a solid 87%. It would be higher if it wasn't for this goddamn music. The music in this movie is garbage. It's all fucking Stevie Ray Vaughan bullshit. I mean, how do you ruin a good song like this, written by The Doors? Oh, I know how. Make it sound like Stevie Ray Vaughan. Anyone who's a fan of Stevie Ray Vaughan, you can just go, like, we, we, we just... If I offend you, dude, that's on you for having shitty taste in music. Stevie Ray Vaughan sucks. This whole bar band bullshit, like, style of music is garbage. Fucking write something good. See, that's good. That's Zappa. See, Zappa made fun of this and made it artistic. If you like Stevie Ray Vaughan... Uh, go out and buy any Frank Zappa album, and I guarantee you'll feel better about yourself later because you'll just increase your intelligence points by, like, two. It's a D&D joke. All right, so let's go ahead and get started with this. Roadhouse. 
So anyway, uh, it stars Dalton, um, who is um, obviously Patrick Swayze, who refers to himself in life when he was still alive as Swayze Dog, which is pretentious as fuck. If you say my name is Blank Dog, I kind of hate you. Like, if I went around going, my name's Dave Dog, wouldn't you go, what a dick? And to be fair, Zachary Evergreen was a title given to me. I did not make that name. And is it my legal name? No. I don't want to get canceled, bro. But no, it was given to me. So, you know what? Jog on. All right. So, we hear this music. And uh, this is the opening scene. And it's at this bar that uh, Dalton is cooling at. That's his word for security manager and resource manager and this band believe it or not is the same band in dust till dawn so you know there's your little fun fact easter egg i am not going to do a making of this movie so i'll just throw in the easter eggs as they come um anyway dalton's pants are very high and ridiculous they go up to his ribs and uh, some people start some trouble in his bar and, you know, he kicks some ass. And while he does so, he gets stabbed. Uh, he gets grazed on his left shoulder. And then we see him in the uh, back room and he's stitching himself up. And this guy goes, comes in and he goes, I come in a bit of money and I heard you're the best cooler in the business. I'd like to hire you $5 or $500 a day. You know, and he goes, $500 a day plus medical expenses. And he goes, all right, well, I got your plane tickets right here. And he goes, take them back. I don't fly. It's too dangerous. And he goes, all right, well, when should I expect you? And he goes, don't. Don't expect me. I'll come when I come, if I come. Which is um, probably not the best way to do. Hey, Eli. Oh, sh- Really? Eli says that's how our guests book us, too. They'll come when they come, so that's why I'm doing this alone. Um, Sometimes I prefer it, though. Sometimes I like just talking to you guys just one-on-one. I get less excited. Sometimes when we have guests in, I'm, like, all empathic, and I'm, like, they're excited, I'm excited, and then I just say, like, just talk so tangentically that it's ridiculous. All right. So uh, Dalton, then decides this might be oh and he goes yeah i need all medical expenses paid you can take that ticket back and i'll drive in um dalton he doesn't even sound like that for whatever reason that's the voice i'm using trying to make him more badass than he is and uh he goes to a parking garage and he parks his cadillac out front i think it's a cadillac it's a piece of shit american vehicle i don't know what it is it's like burgundy or some shit and he throws the keys to this homeless guy outside of his garage. And he goes, I ain't no valet. And he goes, no, keep it. And then he gets into a Mercedes Benz. And Dalton drives off and uh, drives to, you know, the Double Deuce, uh, his next contract, I guess. Uh, and uh, then Dalton just walks into the Double Deuce just to give it a look. And there's a band playing, and they're behind a cage because people are, like, fucking throwing bottles and shit. And it's all crazy. And then some people act... Oh, and Dalton just goes to the corner of the bar and orders a coffee. And he's just sitting there, and he's looking around, you know, the bar, surveying the situation. 
and uh, we do notice that one of the bouncers, and I'm not fucking shitting you, and if you know anything about pro wrestling, you probably already know this, Drunk Terry Funk is one of the main bouncers. He's the current cooler, if you will. And, uh, you know, when the fight breaks out, he actually does fucking wrestling moves. I'm not kidding. He does a snap nair and an arm drag, and then he actually does, and I'm not fucking kidding you, a gorilla press slam. If you don't watch wrestling, this is when he picks somebody up by putting a hand on the crotch and a hand on the chest, lifting over his head and throwing him through a table. It's actually uh, quite cool. <laughs> and then he goes, uh, when he throws him out, he goes, don't come back, Beckerhead. No, no, sorry, that's not his voice, sorry. Don't come back, Peckerhead. <laughs> and then when that happens, a dude throws a bottle at Terry Funk, and it flies right by him, and it flies right in Dalton's head, and Dalton's sitting on this, like, at the bar, there's, like, a post with, like, you know, for a good time call kind of thing. And he moves his head just, like, yeah, so slightly, but without making a noise or anything, with his arms still crossed, all cool. And it breaks against there. And he's unfazed by it, of course. And... Um, while this is going on, the band is playing Long Tall Sally, which is my favorite song from Predator, and they Stevie Ray Vaughan it up, so meaning it's a piece of shit song. It's not good. It's Long Tall Sally is such a good song. How dare you even try to Stevie Ray Vaughan a great song? I fucking hate it. I fucking hate the music in this movie, I'm not going to lie, and I really apologize about about this music but it's garbage but I but Eli insisted that I, I play this music the whole time as a bed um, I think Jeff Ugly Shoes slipped him like some money and said you know hey let's fuck with Zach by uh, having him have to listen to this SRV bullshit the whole time did that happen? he's not nodding his head so he's not confirming nor denying but I think that may be part of it anyway so then um, after the Gorilla Press Slam, uh, the bar closes and uh, you see Dalton kind of looking everybody over and they're like, that's Dalton. I think he'd be bigger. That's like the, the, the running joke is I thought he'd be bigger kind of thing. And then um, Terry Funk says to him, and this is in quotes, like I wrote it down and rewinded it and made sure it was, he goes, you got balls big enough to come into a dump truck. He ain't that much to me. And then, um, <laughs> anyway, and then Dalton leaves, and he goes, and he buys himself a uh, piece of shit American car. I think it's a Lincoln. And he's looking underneath the hood, and I don't know if he's got, like, Terminator vision or whatever, but he just looks under the hood and goes, oh, it's cool. And then uh, the guy at the, the dealership, the, you know, used car dealership, he just walks out, and he goes, hey, you know, what's going on? And uh, Dalton goes, does it, does it work? And then... The guy in the dealership, and I'm not shitting you, gets in the car and just turns on the headlights. And the headlights are covered with this, like, you know, cover. Some, sometimes in the 80s they did this, especially with Porsches and uh, Miatas and uh, Corvettes and other luxury cars. They would have covers over the lights where they'd open and close, kind of like a wink. And they open and close, and Dalton just goes, I'll take it. It's like, wait, wait a minute, dude. All you did is check the headlights and you're you're down. So I could take it like a, a pinto and put lights in it and you buy it? Okay. Whatever. 
That makes you happy, man. I think it's a Plymouth, by the way. So then he goes to a junkyard and buys a bunch of random tires. Now, I would like to point this out. None of these tires fucking match tread or size. Um, I don't know if you know anything about driving or safety. You cannot just throw four random tires on a car and expect it to break or anything. It's ridiculous. But anyway, Dalton does it. He's fucking Dalton, I guess. You know, he's the coolest cooler in the cooling business of cool. So there you go. Um, and then uh, Drunk Terry Funk gets fired uh, the next. So this is the next night or day. Dalton has like a come to Jesus meeting with the whole crew. And uh, he fires Terry Funk and he fires this other girl for selling drugs, this blonde girl. Uh, when he walks in the bar the night before, she was like, stop doing that in public. Like, come to the bathroom and, and I'll sell to you. And, you know, Dalton's like all observant and looking around. And he's like, yeah, I know everything's going on in this bar within five seconds of walking into it. And then he gives a speech. And uh, I couldn't describe it to you, but I think if I press this button right here. People who really want to have a good time won't come to a slaughterhouse. And we've got entirely too many troublemakers here. Too many uh, 40-year-old adolescents, felons, power drinkers, and trustees of modern chemistry. It's going to change. And that sure sounds good. But a lot of the guys who come in here, we can't handle one-on-one, -on -one. even two-on-one. Don't worry about it. All you have to do is follow three simple rules. One. Never underestimate your opponent. Expect the unexpected. Two, take it outside. Never start anything inside the bar unless it's absolutely necessary. And three, be nice. Come on. If somebody gets in your face and calls you a cocksucker, I want you to be nice. Okay. Ask him to walk. Be nice. If you won't walk, walk him, but be nice. If you can't walk him, one of the others will help you, and you'll both be nice. I want you to remember that it's a job. It's nothing personal. Uh-huh. Being called a cocksucker isn't personal? No. It's two nouns combined to elicit a prescribed response. I wonder if somebody calls my mama a whore. <laughs> Is she? <laughs> I want you to be nice until it's time to not be nice. Well, uh, how are we supposed to know when that is? You won't. I'll let you know. You are the bouncers. I am the cooler. All you have to do is watch my back and each other's. Take out the trash. So I love that whole thing, and here's why. Um, after my third time watching this and listening to the clips and preparing this episode, I actually think that this was written by a very bunch of smart people because the dialogue is actually really good. It's just like the shit that happens in it is ridiculous. So instead of like, you know, 
I would put this up there with like Killer Tomatoes Part Two. Oh, sorry, Return of the Killer Tomatoes. I, I I apologize. Or like Killer Clowns, where it's a bunch of smart people writing a ridiculous movie, knowing it's ridiculous. I mean, at least that's that's what I get from it, because like that dialogue was actually written very well. It's two nouns to elicit a a certain response like that that's uh, you know that's some good writing right there unless Sway's dog just like thought of that the last moment I don't know either way it's fucking fantastic and uh, anyway so um, Patrick Swayze I'm sorry Dalton rather starts just weeding out the crew figuring out who's selling drugs who's skimming uh, who's doing this and that and just firing them left, right, and sideways, you know, weeding out, like, all the people that are suckers, if you will. And uh, anyway, so Terry Funk gets fired. Uh, Druggy Blondie gets fired. We never see her again in the movie, so it doesn't matter. Drunk Terry Funk we're going to see later, though. Fuck yeah, dude. Terry Funk is in this movie. How awesome is that? Andy's good, by the way. So anyway, then he walks into the uh, cooler. Wait, he is the. I mean, he walks into a indoor fridge, and he finds uh, this dude Steve is banging this chick on the fridge that he let in for free. And uh, Dalton walks in and he's like, um, "Hey man, uh, you know, you're 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 gone." And he's like, "But I'm on a break." And he goes, "Well, you know, have a good break." So, you know, that's, yeah, it just shows them basically kind of, uh, it's a montage of, oh shit, I said basically. <sighs> Shout out for Joseph Carr for providing me the uh, prescription of basically. Um, now, Dalton gets this place um, to sleep at from this Mennonite dude. He just starts driving down the road when he buys this piece of shit car, and uh, he, you know, finds this 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 barn, and he goes in, and he goes, "You the one with the ad?" And he goes, "Yeah, you know." And he shows him this barn, and it looks like crap. It actually looks like the uh, one of the. I think it might even be the same set from uh, Friday Thirteenth Part Two, which I am going to review in January Thirteenth. If you're on Patreon, that is for one dollar. Patreon.com slash NightPartyPod. And, uh, but upstairs, when you see it, it's like an immaculate apartment. Like, it's got everything. It's got, like, a mini kitchen. It's got a bed. It's got a radio. No TV, of course, but besides that, Dalton doesn't need that shit because all he needs is his cigarettes, his Marlboro uh, 100s, and his um, his Tai Chi, so he doesn't mind. And he's looking out the way. Oh, and then him and the Mennonite, do, you know, he's like, are you honest, man? And he goes, uh, I would think so. And he goes, well, you know, the church would uh, not have me have anyone in if I couldn't charge you uh, $200 a week or maybe it's a month. I don't know. It's just so cheap. It blew my mind and reset my brain. And they agree to that. It's like a handshake gentleman's agreement. And then so uh, Dalton is going to take this place. And then on his first night, he's looking out the window and there's a fucking orgy taking place across the creek. Because instead of across the street, there's a creek and uh, there's this... Rich man's house. In fact, when he's looking at the house, there's a helicopter just flying around, and the Mennonite dude is like, "God damn it!" And uh, yeah, that that is uh, 
the rich guys across the road who have like instead of a nice little farm and it's all quaint and shit, it's a fucking full on like cocaine palace, you know. And there's like an orgy going on over there. There's girls in a pool with granny panties and their tops off. And okay, I really don't get 80s sexuality at all. I love 80s everything except for, dude, I don't get lingerie that goes above the the hip like the hip bones above the pelvis like almost all the way up to the ribs and then on top of that you got like your boobs out and the boobs were weird back then apparently we liked really big saggy boobs which I'm not a fan of and then crazy 80s teased hair all right first off if you're going to have big boobs gain some weight so it like looks Fine. I don't want to see giant, giant boobs and then rib cage and then granny panties. This is like gross. It's like pick one. If you're going to have big boobs, cool. Gain weight. If you're going to have tiny boobs, cool. You're fine. But don't combine them with granny panties. That is lingerie as well. That's like two different. This is four things that do not go together. Figure it out. Look in a mirror. Stop doing coke. Put the straw down. This is if you were in the 80s, by the way. I'm pretty sure this whole movie was fueled by... I I guarantee that there was at least an ounce of cocaine done every day on set from this movie. Because, I mean, this was like 89. This is like when... Yeah. I digress. So anyway, next morning... The bar girl, who's very unfortunate looking in this movie, but is not in real life. I didn't bother to write down her name. It's the only movie she was in. She even sings in this movie, but she's got this like Uma Thurman haircut, but she can't pull it off. And she looks very awkward. And I think, I can't be 100% sure, but I think she plays Stretch in Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. If it's not her then I, I would be very surprised because it looks exactly like Stretch. And uh, But anyway, she was kind of an ugly duckling even here because she was in her early 20s. Now she looks like very, very nice. Well, the last picture I saw of her when I looked her up. I didn't bother to write down her name, though, because she was only in a couple of movies. So if you're really interested, go ahead and look her up. But she starts, she brings uh, Dalton breakfast. And Dalton, of course, is naked in his bed and we get a shot of his butt which by the way is super unimpressive because Swayze's head is bigger than his whole body he's kind of got my body in a way where like I'm skinny as shit and I want to be fat like I want to be like uh, 200 pounds 220 pounds and I'm 6 foot just about just a little bit under from all my pro wrestling injuries but uh, I only weigh 153 pounds which really sucks right now Um, and uh, I'm really trying to gain weight but my butt looks way better than Swayze's does Cause he's younger than me and his butt is like saggy and he's got that old butt look but they shoot on it is in order to go ooh look how sexy he is but it, it's kind of gross I mean I'm like dude that must be hard to wipe ew sorry so anyway Dalton you know gets his breakfast and he's like oh I'll be the double deuce in a while and then he does chai chi and smokes marble uh, 100s marble reds that is so anyway then we get our rich dude who's uh, the dude that threw the orgy across the, the, the creek, and he's driving in a, Merce- uh, not a Mercedes, sorry, uh, a Mustang 5.0 in both lanes, listening to 
I just wrote down um, Three Dog Radio from Fallout, but uh, it actually, I'm pretty sure is Edda Fitzgerald. And he's just driving in both lanes like a cunt and almost hits Sway's dog and, and, and like, you know, that happens. Uh, his character's name is Brad Wesley. So anyway, Dalton then does Tai Chi and smokes. I already said that. Okay. So the dude that's skimming, um, he's trying to get his job back or got his job back. Why Dalton walks in to the uh, owner of the bar's office and it seems like he's being strong-armed. And then shit gets, shit gets funky. And Dalton throws some, like, roundhouse kicks. And he kicks everyone through a window and all that stuff. And the, But he, then he gets stabbed. But this time, instead of sewing himself up like he did in the beginning of the movie, um, he asked to go to a doctor because, remember, now he's getting his uh, medical ba- uh, bills paid. And I think if I press this button... Hi, I'm Dr. Clay. Hi. How'd this happen? Natural causes. Looks like a knife wound. Like I said. You're a bouncer? Mm-hmm. Double deuce. Nice place. They send a lot of business my way. I'm hoping to change that. All by yourself? Well, Mr. Dalton, you may add nine staples to your dossier of 31 broken bones, two bullet wounds, nine puncture wounds, and four stainless steel screws. That's an estimate, of course. I'll give you a local. No, thank you. Do you enjoy pain? Pain don't hurt. Most of my patients would disagree with you. Okay. Do you always carry your medical records around with you? Saves time. Files says you've got a degree from NYU. What in? Philosophy. Any particular discipline? No, not really. Um, man's search for faith, that sort of shit. Come up with any answers? Not too many. How's a guy like you end up a bouncer? Just lucky, I guess. Nice work. Good clean stitches. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Do you ever win a fight? Nobody ever. back sorry Eli you got to make those transitions better all right so I failed to mention this 
um, before all this shit happens, after he roundhouse kicks everybody, which is the whole fucking movie, practically, um, his, uh, him being Dalton, pronouns pal, uh, he gets his car all fucked up and vandalized, hence why he bought all the spare tires, because when he goes out every single night, his car is more and more fucked up, you know? Um, the windows are broken, and all the, uh, the tires are flattened. And he goes to this dude named Red, who owns a shop, and to fix his car, and I'm not fucking shitting you, he pays $5 to buy windshield wiper blades. Let that fucking sink in. So, anyway, there that is. And he's like, uh, you know, like, you know, who's in charge of the city? You know, Dalton says. He doesn't even sound like, he's like, who's in charge of the city? Who? Now, I can't, I'm doing Arnold, fuck. I'm not going to do impressions. He basically just says, like, you know, who's in charge of the city? And and uh, uh, Red goes, oh, well, of course, it's, it's you know, Wesley, so. And uh, we find out later that Doc, um, the girl that just gave him those staples, is uh, his niece, I believe, who is also Wesley's irrequited love. I don't know. Just watch the movie. It's ridiculous. This movie is like just throwing paint on the wall and then expecting something beautiful to come out of it. And something did. But it's still so haphazard, it's ridiculous. So anyway, um, yeah. Now, Brad Wesley and the crew have a big monster truck and they're just tooling around for it for no reason. This is obviously foreshadowing. And then uh, uh, Brad gets all his henchmen up together and he goes, what happened with Dalton? And then uh, he, he he goes like, one of you say I'm sorry, and then he, he picks one of them out, and he's balding and whatever, and he beats the shit out of him. He looks like this dude I work with, actually. It's funny. I'm not going to mention his name. Man, death. And uh, he beats the shit out of him, and he goes, I knew you are a liar, because you're a bleeder. So anyway, Dalton goes to see Red at the auto mechanic uh, shop again, and now it's trashed. And... Uh, and... And you know why? And the guy's sweeping up all the glass, and he's like, yeah, you know, no one makes a move without without Wesley. So Dalton's at doing his laundry in the laundry mat, and he calls up his his uh, uh, mentor, Sam Elliott, right? And uh, he calls him up, and, and, and he's like, hey, you know, I'm, I'm at the Double Deuce. You know, how are you doing? And there's pleasantries uh, described. And, and you could tell that Sam Elliott's character is, uh, you know, he's like a little bit worried because this, this is, you know, this is, uh, is, is mijo, if you will. So then anyway, the next night at the uh, Double Deuce, this guy walks in with a uh, boot knife on his right foot. He's got like a, like a shark tooth blade and it, it sparkles. So we notice it. And uh, then he tries to start trouble. And obviously, this is one of uh, uh, Wesley's men. And uh, Dalton kicks some ass and, and beats the shit out of everybody, you know, with the help of the bouncers now who are more trained in the ways of Dalton, if you will. And uh, Dalton goes, doesn't matter how big they are, as long as you kick them in the knee, they'll fall like a sack of shit or whatever he says. Right? And now the bad dudes take Dalton uh wait 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 hold on hold on 
So anyway, I guess I, I wrote down this, and I don't know if this means anything. I'm just going to read it exactly how I wrote down. The bad dudes take Dalton to his cocaine-induced 1980s spandex cabin. I have no idea what that means. Um, but anyway. Um, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So, oh, I know what they mean. Okay, so the bad dudes come up to Dalton and go, Hey, Dalton, ride with us. And Dalton's sitting on uh, his car that's been destroyed again. It's got a broken window, and he's just laying on the hood, you know, and having his back on the uh, the glass. And... Uh, the bad dudes roll up, like, you know, Wesley's henchmen, and they're like, come with us, uh, Mr. Wesley, we'd like to meet with you. And they bring Dalton in, and then um, you see Dalton's in there, and, and, and yeah, it, it is like a, a cocaine fucking mansion, and uh, you see Wesley's trophy blonde wife with the boobies and the giant, like, but now she's in spandex and shit, and she's doing, like, aerobics, listening to really shitty music. And uh, Wesley comes in and he goes, Dalton, I'd like to talk with you. Would you like a Bloody Mary or some breakfast? And, and, and he's, Dalton's like, no. And uh, they sit down there and they discuss it, uh, the situation. And he's like, Dalton, you don't understand. I put this town on the map. I got us our first Kmart and our first 7-Eleven. And I'm working on a Walmart and this and that. And Dalton's like, you know, whatever. And he's like, what would it take for you to work for me? And he goes, no amount of money. And then he leaves, right? So now we go into the double deuce and it's all fixed up. Like, you know, no more cage around the, the blind player. I didn't even mention him, but he need not be mentioned because he's playing lead guitar with a fucking slide. That is not possible. There is no way. If you watch his hands and the way he's playing, you cannot play lead guitar that way. I'm sorry. It's just not possible. I'm a fucking musician. I'm not saying I'm a great musician, but I've been in the presence of great musicians, and I'm pretty fucking good. If you put a gun to my head, I'm probably better than 90% of the people listening at playing, at being proficient at music. And, uh, yeah, there's no way you could do that shit slide style. It's just not possible. You know, you would need an Ebo, you would need a capo, you need a lot of stuff. But this dude is playing fucking lead with with a slide? Are you fucking kidding me? Anyway, I digress. Jesus Christ. I fucking hate it when movies do this shit, dude. Um so uh, it's all fixed up now, and now Double Deuce is like boom, 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 boom with the lights, and it's all clean and all the for a good time call um, Jenna uh, all that stuff's gone and now it's all it's all nice and it's all it's all retrofitted you know and um, by the way that owner keeps coming in and I keep going Bill Paxton Bill Paxton but uh, the double deuce is running out of gin you know they're running out of booze and, and Dalton goes I'm on the case but you know first you know he walks outside and sees Dr. Clay, the one who gave uh, the uh, staples to, right? And then, um, well, he has, you know, they meet up and they go back to his barn and they have some sex. But before they listen to some AM radio, you know, they turn it on and 
there's a bunch of stations and Dalton just nods his head with his feathered fucking mullet. And then finally the right song comes in. But here's the weird thing. And I hate to be like all woke and shit, but he is kind of rapey because she's always like walking back while he's kind of chasing her around the room. And I don't know if it's because of the culture today and the climate, but normally I would watch this and just thinking that it's kind of like a cat and mouse game. Like it's like foreplay. But now watching it, it's like, oh, this does seem kind of weird. But maybe it's because nowadays the girl has to come on to the guy. I don't know. Um, either way, it just, it seemed weird. Putting myself in the 1980s, I guarantee this would be fine, though. So uh, that happens. And then they have sex. And their sex is impossible. Um, any girl that is listening to this that wants to be thrown up against the wall and being fucked, guess what? That doesn't work that way. Physics does not work that way. Same thing about sex in a hot tub or a pool. Um, But he does it somehow. Uh, He puts her up against like a chimney wall, which by the way, think about this ladies. Would you want to have your back and butt against bricks? And then by the way, your weight is being supported by his hips in that wall. So meaning that concrete is going to be, you're going to have marks and shit and scrapes and stuff. It's not going to be fun. And uh, she's got a wicked scar, too, which I actually think is kind of cool. And that's on her butt. But so, you know, they bone for a while. It's not like a gratuitous sex scene or anything. I think we see her nipples and that's, you know. (laughs) Oh, man. And she's also way too skinny. There, if there, this is film texts or whatever. Why did, why don't these girls go to a barbecue joint and eat some fucking food? I mean, they're all like, I don't want to see ribs and giant boobs. Let's like choose one or the other. Actually, no. Let's just go like, ladies, eat some more barbecue. I don't want to see your ribs. Sorry. Not trying to be sexist or misogynistic or anything. Just saying girls can use a little bit more weight. So now, uh, Brad Wesley is actually now watching them uh, bone because they decide to take out their boning on the roof. So they're having sex on a roof now of this barn, and Brad Wesley's just watching, and he's all creepy. You know how it is. (sighs) Ladies, I'm sorry if you have a stalker. I used to be one. I know how it is. Now Sam fucking Elliot rolls in. It's the coolest part of the whole movie is here on out. Sam fucking Elliot in his prime. Well, I don't know if he's in his prime. He has gray hair, but he's fucking awesome. Sam Elliot rolls in and he goes, oh, the double douche. And he's got his sunglasses and he pulls them off. He's wearing all black and he's skinny as shit, but he still kicks ass. So the booze delivery uh, is interrupted by um, Brad Wesley's goons and they're just like trashing bottles and then you know um, fucking Dalton comes over there and he's trying to like fight them off you know and and he can't because they catch up with them but then Wade Garrett who is Sam Elliott's character he's going to be referred to as such later on comes and he goes you doing okay mijo and he's like I'm doing okay and then they just beat the shit out of everybody including Terry Funk and Terry Funk's like your mom's a whore and then uh, Wade and Dalton, you know, they, they, you know, they beat, and he's like, you okay, mijo? And he's like, yeah, just a little bit, blah, blah, blah. Well, they meet up with Doc. 
Doc Clay. And um, they... Uh, <laughs> uh, Devil's Three-Way almost commences because they just sit around and, and, and talk and have some beers. And then they go, uh, what time is it? And they go, well, it's daytime, so it's time to get out of here. And they go to a diner. And they're at just like some like, you know, it's not a Denny's, but it's like some local breakfast type place. And there's a jukebox and they throw in some quarters and fucking Doc and goddamn uh, Wade start like dancing and right in front of. And you could tell that I'm pretty sure this was filmed at like four in the morning because they all have like that. We've been up all night, honey glaze ham skin look. And their eyes have so many bags, it looks like they've been traveling cost crunchy. It's pretty funny. Um, oh, no. Then we get this backstory. I, sorry, I was reading my notes. So she goes to the bathroom, whatever. And we get some backstory on Dalton. Why he's so, uh, why he's so you know cruel and cross is uh wade goes it was in memphis cut her cut it the fuck loose dalton never told told you she was married man six gun your face you kill the motherfucker so now we know why dalton is dalton is because apparently he was fucking around with a married woman and shit went down so then we cut to Red, the auto shop. His uh, his whole shop is being burned down, right? And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's on fire. By the way, it's across the road from the Double Deuce, right? So um, Brad then, Brad uh, Wesley comes in and is like, get those fire department boys a drink like this when they put it out and they're all looking at him like we know you did this motherfucker and he's like bring them all in you know they all deserve a drink and uh and he goes my money not good here and then dalton nods like yeah it's good and everyone's watching him and everyone's just watching and it's like super awkward and then he brings in his blonde chick and then um he uh orders her to start dancing and and he goes play a play a, a song for the lady to dance and then it's just weird because she's wearing granny panties again. We see ribs and giant tits and like tease 80s hair and it is not exactly attractive. It's just awkward. It's like a circus show. And she's trying to hit on Dalton and she's trying to be as sexy as possible, which is... It's just... It, this movie is so fucking weird at this point that like... You're just... What's going on? But in a good way. In a good way. It's still fucking entertaining. And, um, you know, and she's doing all this. And then finally, you know, he calls her down, him being Dalton. And then uh, a for real karate scene just breaks out of nowhere. Just everyone starts doing karate. You know, like everybody. Just everyone starts doing karate. Like a pool. Dude, okay. Wesley's main, like, henchman dude. I'm going to refer to him as... um, as a prison dude, and you'll see why later. Prison dude just grabs a pool stick and starts, come get me, dog. And he just starts fucking everybody up, right? 
And then we see uh, uh, Wade and Dalton just kick some ass, but like, you know, it's kind of getting out of control because there's so many guys and all the, the bartenders, or sorry, not bartenders, the bouncers get their ass kicked. So now it's just Wade and Dalton and they're, they're getting beat up a little bit, but you know, they're handling their own. And finally there's a gunshot because Brad shoots a gun in the bar. Hold on. I did just mention that there was a fire across the road, right? I did just mention there was fire department within this bar. I did say that, right? I'm going to listen to this back. Um, first off, a karate fight just broke out. Um, second off, there is first responders and shit there. Okay, who who would let a karate fight break out right after someone burned down a house or sorry a, a place of business then wesley pulls out a gun and fires it and goes, all right, boys, let's get out of here. And nothing happens. There's no ramifications. None. Roadhouse. Fuck this movie, dude. This movie's getting... Okay. So then Brad destroys... Oh, wait. Hold on. Then the next morning, Brad Wesley goes to a Ford dealership. All right? And he takes his monster truck with his main prison goon dude and runs through the window, running over every car. Okay. Movie? No. No. You cannot do this to me. My suspension of disbelief has went out the fucking window. You cannot do this to me. There is no way that the whole town, which they are, gather around, cheering, yay, is watching a Ford dealership with brand new cars getting destroyed by a monster fucking truck and the authorities do absolutely fucking nothing. This does not exist. This could not happen. Even then, this film 1989, do you really think that if I had enough money, if I was a millionaire, if I was a billionaire, if I was Trump, or if I was Musk, or if I was whoever, Bill Gates, I could just go, you know what I'm going to do today? I'm going to drive a fucking monster truck through a goddamn random dealership, and no one's going to do shit about it. That's what happens in this movie. Yeah. Monster truck. Through a dealership. Running over a lot of uh, fucking station wagons. And stuff. By the way, this movie is sponsored by Ford because every vehicle is a Ford or GM. Um, No, you can't do that movie. I need to have some kind of common sense. So at this point in the movie, I'm not going to say stop caring, 
But I kind of stopped taking notes because it becomes fucking kangaroo court from here on in. All right, back to the movie. So anyway, Wade at this point is like, dude, I'm out. This is crazy. <laughs> Just like I was checked out emotionally during this movie. Dr. Clay comes over to talk to, uh, talk, uh, and, and with Emmett and Dalton's landlords. Uh, oh, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. So Emmett is, is Dalton's landlord. Oh yeah, let's just turn up this movie. Let's just make it more ridiculous. So Dalton, his uh, Mennonite landlord is named Emmett. And uh, now his house is burned down as well. And Emmett looks just like Santa Claus. Because he already had a white beard and hair. But uh, it turns out his PJs are exactly Santa Claus PJs. You know, like all red, buttoned up. Like, you're missing the white fur and then boom, you got Santa. And, and he's all fucked up too. And... You know, Dalton doesn't know what to do, you know, so. Oh, and by the way, his whole house explodes and his barn. So uh, now we see Dalton and his first fight with the main goon, the prison goon. And here's why I'm calling him this. And I could find a clip and play it to you, but uh, it's just a bunch of sound effects and dialogue. So I'm just going to spell it out to you. Um, The main goon uh, and Dalton get in a fist fight and... um, it looks very unimpressive because any of those kicks or whatever, I could have grabbed or... Bl- and like I told you, I'm only 150 pounds. Every one of those kicks is so televised, you could have grabbed it and put somebody in an arm lock or, or a fucking leg lock super easily, especially an ankle lock with all the fucking roundhouses. You know how easy it is to grab an ankle and take somebody down? Very easy. All you do is you put your hands out, you grab said foot, you turn the way the knee doesn't want to go, and you put your knee where their knee goes, and you just crank the other way. And boom, you just won the fight. Um, anyway, that doesn't happen here. Then the main goon pulls out a gun. I'm going to do this own fashion way. And then they get in fight like this. And then he says, and I'm not bullshitting you, I used to fuck guys like you in prison. Then my wife walks by my room and does an about face and walks back and she goes, what? And I said, oh, that was me. That was the movie. And I rewind and it said, I used to fuck guys like you in prison, Dalton. And she goes, that's in a movie? And I said, yeah, it's Roadhouse. And at this point, I actually stopped taking notes um, because... After that, it's like, why bother? Dalton rips the dude's throat out. And apparently, this is his signature move. where he It's like fucking Mortal Kombat, where he, he reaches out his arm and it shakes and he grabs you by the arms apple and rips it off. Then he throws him into the water, the, the creek between the two, and he just starts screaming. And he goes, you made me do this! Ah! Like, like he rips out a lot of dudes' throats. And then, like I said, this is from memory, so here we go. Uh, he goes across the creek to uh, fight a Wesley. And, yeah. Oh, sweetheart. Come back. Pants. I'm just talking about when he, he yells out, I used to fuck guys like you in prison. Do you remember this? Yeah. Well, come here. I'm not asking you to be on the radio, but does that line make any sense in any movie? What? 
it's random. It's random as shit. It why? doesn't belong there. It doesn't belong anywhere. It's like, what the? What? Why, why was that there? To shock us. Well, it did, and then he gets his throat ripped up. What the fuck? Kind well, of... that's what happens when you do that in prison. How much cocaine do you think that the directors were on going, oh, yeah, that's yeah, good. Yeah, keep it in. A lot. A lot? A lot. All A the lot. cocaine. All the cocaine? All the cocaine. Okay. Thank you, sweetheart. That's uh, Mrs. Pants for people that know. So, yeah, anyway, yeah, it, like I just said, wife walks in back from work, and she she heard me yell that line. She goes, I need to see what's going on. I might be ripping someone's throat out. So that fucking happens. Then we go to the bad guy's headquarters, and uh, there's a bunch of taxidermy, and now it's like, oh, and by the way, this fucking whole mansion is bright white. So while Dalton is able to hide... It makes zero sense. But now Brad Wesley, because he's such the bad guy, even though he's in his, like, obviously mid-60s, um, because he's such a bad guy, he knows how to fight. So him and... Well, first, Dalton deals with all the goons, like, makes short work of them. And then him and Brad Wesley get in a fucking confrontation, and, and they fight, and he goes, I wish I, I knew I wanted to fight you, Dalton. And it's like, bitch, where'd you learn how to fucking fight? You're fucking 60 years old. And all they're doing is karate. Karate isn't even that efficient. Anyway, and then, uh, it's so dumb. It's fucking this movie. It's good, though. I I swear it's good. It's just really dumb. Dalton defeats Wesley, and then, and he's like, you know, I'm, I'm too good. And he's about to rip off, and he's doing, like, the fatality Mortal Kombat thing where he's about to rip off his throat. And he doesn't, he goes, like, you're not worth it or whatever. And then uh, uh, Brad Wesley pulls out a gun and shoots Dalton. But then all the townsfolk come um, with shotguns. And they all shoot him. There's like four or five guys that just shoot him in the chest with shotguns. Like totally Robocop, just shotgun fucking vigilante justice. Now one would think, right, that... First off, um, there would be a lot of let's get our story shit together. Second off, how the fuck did they all meet up and decide to go at the same exact time? Um, This is rather movie convenient. Like, hey, we don't know when Dalton's going to go, but let's all show up with shotguns and just shoot this dude because he he fucked up our our Ford uh, fucking um, dealership. movie um but yeah they all shoot him and then the sheriff walks in and they're all holding guns and instead of like the, the police going like put down your fucking guns get on the fucking floor get the guns away from you all that shit you know what they do they go someone's got some explaining to do hands on hips well Dalton just got shot you have a dead man who's got enough fucking shotgun shells in him to fucking kill a million and a half tur- okay that the dude is, his fucking chest is Spongebob, right? It's just full of fucking shot. And the cop's like, well, what happened here? And they all go, well, I didn't see nothing. Did you see nothing, Paul? No, I didn't see nothing. Did you see nothing, Michael? Wait a minute. Who wants to know? Michael wants to know. I think we should tell Michael what's going on. Yeah. No, that doesn't happen. It's not Lost Boys. But all of them 
just go, oh, we didn't see nothing. All the cops are like, wah, wah, wah. I guess we don't have a case. And that's Roadhouse. That's the fucking movie. You're going to have to watch it for yourself if you've never seen it. Um, or if you haven't seen it in a while. Does it deserve a 39% Rotten Tomatoes? Goddamn no, it doesn't. It is fucking entertaining. And that's what movies are all about. This movie should at least, at least be 70 plus. This should be a C minus movie at, at lowest. Now, if the music didn't suck, I would give it a higher. I, I would probably give this like a 93% or whatever. Because I, I could watch this movie right now and I just watched it last night. But because of the music, I'm going to give it like an 87, 88. I, I'm, I'm going to just agree on 87. Because it is fantastic, and there is smart dialogue in it, but the music is so garbage, and I think at some point this movie became self-aware of how bad it was, that it just said, fuck it, just do every... And I think there was a lot of cocaine going around, because you could tell these movies when they're that bad. Anyway, we're almost at an hour, so I'm just going to get out of here. Uh, at Knife Party Pod, at Zach Evergreen, um knifeparty.podbean.com if you want my website which is garbage because well, I'm on everything anyway most importantly patreon.com slash knifepartypod is where you get everything early access and all of our specials and it's just a fucking dollar but besides that from all of us here and all of us here I mean Eli and uh, myself Zach Evergreen be kind and rewind